Welcome to Reimagining You the Pilates Way. In today's episode, we're continuing with our theme of identity and we'll be chatting about something that nearly all women will experience at some point in their life. But the experience will likely be different for us all. So let's talk about that word that is sometimes more a whisper, menopause. Today's episode has been brought to you by popular request. During the summer, we asked our listeners if there were any topics they'd like us to cover in future episodes, and menopause came up again and again. And to be honest, it's one I've shied away from a little bit, because it's something I don't know much about. But a quick chat with you, Claire, told me this is absolutely something we need to cover in relation to Pilates. And it really is, Sophie, because... We are still in the Pilates industry teaching mainly women, okay? Mm -hmm. So we, I believe, have a responsibilities in the Pilates community to serve the women at all stages of their life and have some knowledge of what's happening for them physiologically and how Pilates could help in certain ways and things we might want to avoid for them in other ways at other times in life. So pregnancy, for example, we can't have women lie flat on their back, for Mm -hmm. example. So it's just the same in menopause. We want to be informed. So our studio, for example, we actually have a a menopause specialist. So Sarah has done some advanced training to specialise in Pilates for menopause. So she has lots of experience with that. Brilliant, brilliant. So before we start, I'd really like to define what menopause actually actually is it's something we hear about but I'm not sure about the definition so until it's upon us I think it's perhaps something we don't think about very much so a quick look on the NHS website tells me quite simply that menopause is when your periods stop due to lower hormone levels which usually happens between the ages of 45 and 55 but can sometimes happen earlier And you actually reach menopause when you've not had a period for 12 months. And we know that menopause and perimenopause, which is uh, when you have symptoms of menopause before your periods stop, can cause symptoms like anxiety, mood swings, brain fog, hot flushes and irregular periods. And those symptoms can start years before your periods stop and carry on afterwards. Wow. It's great being a woman, isn't it? <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> but seriously, those symptoms can have a really big impact on your life for many years, can't they? It can affect relationships, work, how you feel about yourself. And that said, there are things we can do to help mm-hmm. those symptoms. Um, we know that there's medicines you can take to replace the missing hormones. But from what I've read and what I believe from having practiced Pilates, I'm sure there's plenty we can do to help ourselves. So tell me about where Pilates comes into the picture. So it's really interesting. I almost want to circle back to what you were saying about um, us not knowing until it's happening. And isn't that the case with so many things that we don't know until it's upon us, which is where Pilates and even us having this conversation where it's not something we've experienced yet. Mm. And yet many of our listeners 
have gone through menopause, are going through menopause, yeah. and we want to make sure that we reach them just in the same way as as a studio owner. I want to make sure that I can support women mm. going through the menopause. And conversation is actually where it starts. Right. And in our setup that we have here, we've created a community environment, an open environment where people can ask questions. And what's absolutely beautiful is when one person has had an experience yep. they can share it with somebody else yeah. and there's a, a relief or there's a little bit of empowerment there because somebody knows they're not alone and I was listening over the summer to an amazing interview with a woman this was on uh, BBC Radio Scotland and they were interviewing a woman who created a charity called the Menopause Cafe so I'll make sure we put the link into our show notes so that people can look into this because what she was identifying as being a really big um, missing piece in the care for women through menopause is just places to have conversation so in a pilates class yes we're here to do pilates there's no shadow of a doubt it's also for a lot of people with any physiological change that's happening for them it's the first place they're interacting with themselves going through that change and so it stimulates the opportunity to converse about that you're so right you're so right because i think about some of the classes i've done and it might be there's there's women that have come quite regularly and it feels like quite a safe space actually Mm -hmm. doesn't it to have those conversations there's women who are quite similar Mm -hmm. and we might talk about things like that I've been in classes where people have talked about perhaps their brain fog yep and maybe how oh I'm struggling tonight but you know my brain feels quite foggy trying to get through the choreography of this movement Mm -hmm. or something like that. For sure and so we've had situations where when somebody's having a hot flush they know that they're going through a phase of Mm. hot flushes and they just bring a little cool pack or we get a flannel that's cool so that they've got some comfort for themselves in that experience and it's a flash it comes and then it goes and then we move on we're not going to make a big hoo-ha about it but we're going to support them through that yeah and of course there's the actual physical pilates piece which for all women at all stages of life is super super important because it's building bone density it's using all of your body from the inside out there is nothing left to to untouched as it were by the Mm. exercises that we do and it's not like you know Sarah's done this amazing training and she's our menopause specialist and we're also not separating women with menopause from any other woman yeah you're not, Do you put, know you're not what? putting We're them not, all in it if you don't have the menopause pilates class, class. No. yeah because everybody needs pilates it's just their needs in themselves change the yeah. pilates doesn't does that make yeah, sense yeah it does and i can really relate to that from the classes that that i've done and you know what it feels quite relentless sometimes doesn't it as a woman really and um, and I'm thinking particularly for someone like me who had children later on in life. So you've got your hormones just finished sur- uh, surging after pregnancy. Mm. Um, and then you've got your perimenopause to look forward to. And one of the things that's playing on my mind is like, how long have I got until I start <laughs> to experience yeah. And you might have symptoms that are possibly more premenstrual and you're wondering, well, are, mm. are you, oh, is this it? Is this it? Am I starting with symptoms? And 
I've read somewhere about family history mm. and that can be the most accurate way to predict when you might experience that change. So it might be the same age that your mother did or if you've got sisters, it could be genetically linked. So for me, I'm hoping... <laughs> You're hoping for that, are you? It's about five years off. <laughs> but that's which feels like a, a relief. But there's other, other factors coming mm-hmm. into play there. And I know that because I read about this, that you can't delay menopause. No. But from your experience, is there anything we can do to ensure we don't speed it up? Yeah, so there's a few things there just to unpack. So yeah. like, you know, um, there are, I'm seeing a lot more now with the women that I work with that they're going straight from postnatal with me Yay. into perimenopause because oh, sure. we're having our babies a little bit later. We've mm. talked about this before. And that can be a really confusing time because maybe you're stopping breastfeeding and then periods just don't come back because you're going straight into it. Oh, it's so, so unfair, it doesn't is, it? It's like, a lot, it's isn't a lot. it? Yeah. It's a lot. But you're right. I think I read recently, and I can't remember the exact age, but the average age for a first child is certainly early 30s now. Oh, yes, it is. It's in the early 30s, yeah. without a doubt. And, and so that has a knock-on effect, doesn't it? And, mm. and we are definitely seeing that more. And then the other thing is about, you know, the predictors, like you're hoping because presumably you've got a family member who had an easier menopause experience and so that's great it's also not necessarily in reality oh Claire (laughs) oh I hate it when I disappoint you because you are a different person Mm. your experiences in the world you were doing marathons the sort of pilates exercise that you've done diligently for a number of years now so everything that we have done in our bodies and the experiences we've had in our bodies absolutely will influence exactly how your body comes into the menopause so it doesn't matter whether or not somebody in your family had this smooth, easy ride through the menopause or equally somebody in your family maybe had a really rough time doesn't mean necessarily that's going to be you. Because what's your diet like? Where do you live in the world in relation to that person? Because our entire body, right down to a cellular level, mm. is being influenced by everything in our environment, everything we do, everything we consume is influencing our body. So whether it comes to menopause or recovering from a hip replacement, yeah. it's going to be different for everyone. That's so interesting because I think, and we need to do an episode on this one as mm. well, I think there are so stories that get passed down <laughs> in families aren't yeah there? definitely that, oh well this is what happened for me mm-hmm. somebody's mum might say mm-hmm. and therefore you'll probably go down that yeah path too and I know speaking from sort of personal experience I look quite like my mum we had similar births mm-hmm. um we started periods at similar ages so some of the genetics are clearly there unless of it's course, just a genetics are genetics and we cannot ignore that and i don't want to to sound as if i'm denying genetics because 100 that's an influential factor and so is the environment and everything else okay so talking about the the environment and what 
you can do and you mentioned a couple of things that really positive things that made me feel quite happy that i've done like running yeah practice pilates for years what can some a woman do and it, obviously they're not delaying the menopause but mm-hmm. to, to try and not speed it up or maybe to um, lessen the symptoms that they might have or the experience. So there's great studies now that actually show that a woman who exercises does have an easier time through menopause. It helps manage a lot of the symptoms. So anxiety is one that comes up a Mm. lot for people. And there's in Pilates specifically, there's a lot of studies that have shown how much improvement people can have, men and women, getting through their anxiety um, symptoms by doing Pilates because we have the opportunity to have control over our breath, we have control over our movement, we're coordinating both sides of the brain. You know, the brain fog, which you mentioned a couple of times, Mm. I mean, the brain fog is real. And for some people, you know, just going back to the people who have their babies and then go straight into menopause or perimenopause, and we talk about pregnesia, where you're in that pregnesia fog, and then they just go straight from the pregnesia fog into the perimenopause it's very very real to people and it's a sense you know from the the many women that I've worked with who've said it's like being outside of yourself you know you can see that you're not seeing Mm -hmm. and so when you're doing Pilates there's such a lot of coordinated movement where you're having to access multiple spheres of your brain at the same time so that is stimulating it's like puzzles and anything where you've got to be creative you've got to use both sides of your brain so it is marvelously helpful for that because most people come to pilates menopause or not and they're like oh i've got to concentrate really hard or i've totally forgotten about my day or i can't think about my to-do list because you're so busy concentrating on the movement experience in your body and that distracts you from the other that's really interesting because there's two things and the first is just to mention i often have quite a lot of ideas (laughs) yes you're creative it stimulates like a creative flow when i might be have been in a bit of a fog in the day perhaps like you're just going through the day and the thoughts aren't there and I get the same actually from running as well I sometimes Mm. get ideas but definitely with Pilates it unleashes that to an extent but then there's something you always say in classes about come on let's engage the grey matter (laughs) I love to say that because I think that we can forget how much we in movement are stimulating the grey matter that we are and it's important to and especially going through the stages of menopause yeah and and it's something about pilates that until you said that and i can remember you saying it really early on in class hadn't really occurred to me because pilates felt primarily physical (laughs) okay yeah yeah i forget you see because to me it's everything yeah so the it's energetic medicine it is the the mind body is absolutely everything i came to pilates for a good bath i know i mean i just it yes and 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 many people will begin with that in mind that it is something that it's exercise or to grow a bit taller or to just elongate your limbs and of course you're going to get all of those things but you're only going to get those things if your mind is engaged with your body yeah and I think that's something like a, almost like a secret of Pilates <laughs> yeah. that you perhaps wouldn't think about if you hadn't experienced it. Or if you didn't stand back and think about the class that you'd just done or mm-hmm. someone like you didn't point it out. 
in the class. I do like to point it out. And I also want to pick up on what you said about anxiety. Mm. I've spoken to so many people recently who've told me they're experiencing some symptoms of, of anxiety and they're struggling with it. And I think mm. perhaps it's maybe the age of the people that I'm friends with is part of it. Some of it will be perimenopause. Some of it is post... COVID, COVID for sure. Mm-hmm. I do think some of the um impacts of only just being they're coming seen out now. now for sure. Um, you know, we're leaving our houses, we're going to do things um that we haven't done in quite a long time, and people are mm-hmm. feeling quite anxious about that. And you said something to me the other week. What you you can't say? remember because you're looking at me. That when you're feeling anxious about something. You need to say, what evidence do I have to support oh, this? Oh, yes. Is, that is right? it true? And it's, yeah. is it true? And just saying that, mm. I found really helpful. So I just wanted to share it with listeners oh, on the podcast because I thought it was... That's a great tip, actually. So let's just cycle back. So if you're feeling anxious about something, uh, you're worrying about something or ruminating. I'm, I'm a real yeah. ruminator sometimes. And you, you end up going down that path. You ask yourself... And you, so you're you're pausing with the thought of a specific situation, okay. and so you're then asking yourself: Is there evidence that what I'm thinking about this situation is there evidence of that? Is it true? Because so often, what's happening is that we the ruminating, as you mm-hmm. say. This is all what's happening in our head. And then when we have an opportunity to come together in community and like in a Pilates class, then you're finding those opportunities to dispel that, to go, oh, no, it's not true. It's not only me or it's not, it doesn't have to be that way for me. So you might be thinking about menopause occurring for you in a certain way. And then you meet all these other women in class and they go, Oh, it was this for me, or it was that for me, or yeah. it was this for me. And it's all completely different variations on the theme. So there's no evidence to prove that you would be a and certain The other way or thing not. is, I would say, I got ideas. I also get clarity oh, yeah. in classes. Sometimes you get that clarity of, of being rational. Yes. And so one of the things that happens when you, because you know, everybody knows Pilates is great for your posture. So when you get your forward head, <laughs> back on top of her spine so those of you not watching on youtube uh sophie did immediately bring her head back on top of her spine and roll her shoulders and get herself better but what happens is when you've elongated your spine when you've come into the center of your body and found more balance the cerebral spinal fluid is able to flow more freely so it gives literal clarity to your thinking and your mind. The what spinal fluid? The cerebral spinal fluid, brain fluid. Right. You know, ability to think. It is like fact. Fact. Right. Yeah. So I remember. So there is a a real, it's not just me thinking, oh, I'm a bit of time out and I can (laughs) think again. There is an actual. Yeah. So I remember a few years ago, there was a, a, a leading political figure, shall we say, whose posture was shocking because her head was forward, her shoulders were rounded, and I couldn't stop, like, shouting at the television, thinking, you know, how on earth are you going to lead the country when you can't, you're not going to be able to think straight? She did a dance in that Oh, my goodness, yeah. yeah. So, anyway, it really, really, really does make a difference. I'm fascinated by that because I... 
don't think that that's something people would associate with Pilates, that if you've got anxiety or you, you've, um, you know, you're experiencing some of those perimenopausal yeah. symptoms that you can come to yeah. class and actually it's going to really help with yeah. that. Yeah, and so some of the tricks that I do is, so I would, one of my tips, and I actually have given it to you before... Go on. Is the standing against the wall. Yes, yes. Because the standing against the wall, she's doing it now, folks, doing it now. So head against the wall, shoulders against the wall, back of your pelvis, but your heels can be a little bit forward, otherwise you'll... The floor's creaking. Yes, we're all good with that. So your head, (laughs) shoulders, pelvis is against the wall, and then not only are you bringing your head into alignment with the rest of your body so you can breathe, So your diaphragmatic systems are more aligned, which means that you can breathe more freely and easily. You've got the cerebral spinal fluid flowing, so you've got clarity in your thoughts and in your mind. And then also your brain has got feeling of the back of your body, which we don't have such a good sense of. You don't feel the back of your body as well as we feel our front body. Our front, we see it. Yeah. We can look at it. Yeah. We can touch it easier yeah. than we can touch our back. And when you feel the back of your body, it helps to switch you into the parasympathetic nervous system. What? So you've got like stress out central in your sympathetic nervous system and then you've got your rest and digest and I'm calm and I can deal with anything the world throws at me and that's your parasympathetic which that sensory awareness in the back of your body will help stimulate so it helps to you know so I need the parasympathetic so we all need it and don't get me wrong it's important that we understand that both are important we need to be able to react when somebody pulls out the junction in front of us we need to get out of that again so we don't stay in the stress um and And i think that's the thing from people that i've spoken to and i i'm definitely experienced it where you go into that mode yeah and you don't pull out no you're just in it in it in it and then your whole body and shoulders up at ears and i can imagine and of course i haven't had this experience i can imagine that that women who are going through menopause they're in the working world having to continually keep up and rise to the challenges that we're faced mm-hmm. as we're in the working world and then to be feeling the experiences that you are going through the menopause and having to keep up you're going to be in that more stressed out state aren't you it kind of would make logical sense it does and so so there's things that you can do to negate those exactly so just talking about the working world someone i used to work with used to talk about her um power surges which were our hot flushes. Oh, surges, I love Yeah, that. she was brilliant. She was brilliant. And I know a few friends who are experiencing perimenopausal symptoms have had some concerns about, oh, well, what if I have a hot flush in, in class or a power surge? Um, mm. You know, as a teacher, how can you be sensitive to the needs of women in class? Because I was thinking about this and it's not like an injury where you might say, oh, I've hurt my ankle, I've, you know, I've done this, yeah, I've done yeah. that. And that seems quite straightforward because it's it's physical. You can see, and you might just alert you teach you teach to that being of the class. But best will in the world, I'm not going to put my hand up and say, "Might have a hot flush." 
in this class. So here's or, the thing, you know, like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling a bit, a bit sweaty. That <laughs> makes me so sad, though, because actually, you know, it goes in line with the pelvic health work that I do. I want us to create an environment where, you know, like in our little studio here, and then it can drift out mm. and ripple out where it's just like, of course you just tell the teacher that you're having hot flushes. Why wouldn't you? That If you're going to tell them that you've had a stressful day or that you went over your ankle, it's a physiological thing that's happening. Why on earth wouldn't you say? And it's because there's a cultural shift that's not quite fully happened yet about talking about mm. these things and just saying and that it's okay that a teacher can be informed so all of our teachers would be informed mm. to be able to support a woman with anything that's going on with them you know whether it's i've had a stressful day i need to just do this type of exercise today mm -hmm. or don't talk to me because i've just had an argument with somebody or or it's the the kids have stressed me out or i've just found out i'm pregnant or sprained ankle whatever it is we can support them so if it was power surge that is great i think we should like you <laughs> know trademark it or something <laughs> so uh, if a woman is having a power surge i wouldn't so the teacher wouldn't necessarily know because not all women um sweat visibly yeah. with a power surge so it might not be obvious that that's the case yeah i would be asking at the beginning of a class anyway everybody i'm going to make sure that they could say to me that there's you know if something was going on and like i said earlier if somebody was having a power surge they might need to pause and sit up for a moment if we're lying on our back because that can increase the heat yeah whatever and um maybe a little cool cloth or something that they might know to bring we've had lots of times we've had people with the hand fans oh uh, little, okay like battery operated hand yeah. fans and they just have that nearby what about like surging hormones because i think you identified that in me actually before where <laughs> you do something and suddenly in the class you feel a bit a bit dizzy but it's funny because the week before you did it and you're absolutely fine yeah and it's changeable we are different every moment of every day so we we like to compare ourselves to the last time we did footwork on the reformer yeah. and then today it feels different and we somehow wrong ourselves so what happens is you're doing the reformer and you're like oh what have i done wrong because yes it feels different instead it's a switch in mindset and internal dialogue about okay i feel different today is there any evidence to support mm. that I'm doing this wrong? No, there isn't. It's just a new day. It's warmer today or I've been busier today or there's a change in my hormones. So my blood pressure might be different today. Mm. And accepting where we are on any given day and nurturing ourselves there. You know, talk a lot about giving ourselves grace because we do berate ourselves terribly, don't mm. we? Not menopause, you know, just, yeah, just in anyway. life. Yeah. <laughs> so just giving ourselves grace to be different that day. Or there's that very English, you know, put up and shut up. <laughs> you know, we're not going to talk about it Because the yeah. one thing I wanted to ask you, and I know you're going to roll your eyes at this, oh, is sometimes I wonder, and I can't be alone... Is the teacher just thinking it's a real nuisance when people are going on at the beginning of the class about their, <laughs> the 
various ailments. <laughs> the list. <laughs> the list. And so... Do you know what? I know you're saying, oh, well, you would say that. And, but I'm actually really conscious at the beginning of the class that unless I've probably broken something or... So our role primarily is to help. And if there was... If you held something back that actually something we do could, you know, we could teach you, could yeah. help. Yes. Then we would want to do that. Equally, if you had osteoporosis, for example, okay. and you just had a diagnosis of that, mm -hmm. we could do things to make it worse. Ah, okay. So there's a big old responsibility there that we know and we have that information so that we can support you where you are. And what's really interesting, and I just had this conversation with a group of Pilates teachers very recently, that people hold back mega important information oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. all the time. Yeah. Like double hip replacement, knee replacement, vaginal surgery, abdominal surgery, shoulder, like things that are hugely important. Everything is important. Everything in your body that has happened to you yeah. your entire life is part of the map and the story that influences what you do, how you achieve what you do and the, the benefits of what you do. And, you know, so recently I had somebody that had a scoliosis and she didn't say that she had a scoliosis. I've had many women who've had pelvic organ prolapse and not told me, oh, well, that's that's not relevant. Mm. Everything mm. is relevant. Mm. Everything. Okay. So we want to know. No so holding not back. A nuisance. <laughs> Never a nuisance. <laughs> so I want to pick up on that. You talked oh, yeah. about pelvic health. Oh, yes. It's so, hard for me not to talk about pelvic health. Can that be impacted by perimenopause by menopause because i was wondering about how for example a weakened pelvic floor might present in class or everyday life <laughs> okay. Okay. she's gesturing me to just go i mean i winced a little bit there when you said weakened oh okay. because the pelvic floor which is not a floor because it's not hard and flat it's, it's got, got holes, holes in, in it, it. <laughs> I might have said that once or twice before. It's a diaphragm. It's more like a back than it is a floor. So anyway, it isn't weak. It's just imbalanced. However, what happens where if a woman has a birth injury, for an example, so yeah. that being an episiotomy or a tear, as yeah. two examples, and their pelvic floor, their pelvic diaphragm feels pretty fine. There's no like major issues. Maybe there's an occasional leak when they're on a trampoline, but it's nothing that they're feeling terribly bothered by. I'm nodding. And then they get to menopause and because of the hormonal changes that your, your tissue everywhere becomes uh, less juicy, okay? okay. So when it's less juicy, it doesn't have the same lift and resiliency and springy backness that it might have done in your 20s and 30s. So when it doesn't have that springy juiciness, it means that an injury that happened 20 years before, say, can present a little bit of a problem like a prolapse or just regular incontinence or pain. And the assumption is often made that that's specifically menopause and it's specifically a weakness and it still isn't. 
it's just an imbalance that needs to be worked on ah. differently. So it can be the the imbalance could have been there, but it's been like dormant, if you okay. like. And yeah. then menopause comes, hormones change, and then we get symptoms. And what about for people that haven't had a child? Would they, would that, could that, um, in perimenopause or menopause, would their pelvic health be impacted by, say, an injury or something like that? For sure. So it's amazing how many people have had injuries or surgeries that can affect their pelvic health. So if you ever fell on your bum and broke, dislodged, Mm, angled your coccyx bone off to one side or the other that uh, you see i mean you're a miracle but we need to get on it before <laughs> menopause properly gets yes. you right so um that that can create because that's an injury yeah to the musculature around because your pelvic floor attaches to your tailbone to your coccyx bone at the end of your spine so it's been affected by that injury if you've had a hip replacement if you've had any kind of abdominal surgery if you've had vaginal surgery of any sort whatsoever then that can affect it too so it's not uh, isolated to women who've had babies okay so I feel like That's I need a lot. to sit down now. That is a lot. <laughs> That's a lot of information that just came out there. And it's it's interesting because it's that idea of future-proofing, isn't it? So important. To say, actually, this I might be okay now. I might be getting away with it, if you like. Yeah. But wham. Yeah. <laughs> Perimenopause might come and suddenly those things that were dormant might start to come into play. So one of the things that you also mentioned earlier on... And I know one of the things can ha- can happen with, with perimenopause over a longer period of time is bones oh, weakening. Yeah. And they this don't feels... weaken either. Oh, <laughs> come on, correct me. Correct me and I'll carry on. <laughs> no, you go. Okay. So that I, it's really worrying to me about that idea of losing strength and mobility. And there's obviously action we can take to combat that through diet or perhaps vitamin D. But how can a regular... Pilates practice help. Yeah, and definitely the the research is supporting vitamin D as a supplement for bone density. So uh, there's an age that a woman reaches, 50-something, I think, depends on family history where they can have a DEXA bone density scan. Okay, yeah, I've heard of that. Exactly. So it used to be called like brittle bone disease, you know, where... where, Mm. And you'll remember that. And and really... all osteoporosis or osteopenia, which is the pre-osteoporosis, all it is is that the the bone density is reduced, so it's more fragile, mm. and the bone density can you, you know when somebody is uh, osteopenic, so not at osteoporosis but osteopenic, you can go back and you can build the bone, so you can. Okay. You can work on, I'm not going to go into the science bit of yeah. it, but you can work on increasing so bone density. All is not lost. And Pilates is amazing to build bone density. So the 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 action that we need to do is weight bearing on the tissues that load the bone. So that doesn't mean just things like obvious stuff, like a push-up. Yeah. It also means stretching and things that pull on you mm-hmm. that you then are so resisting. Like spring wall or reformer. Exactly. Yeah. Because 
it's pulling you and you're pulling back and that's creating the load and force through the tissue that is uh, going to be able to create that bone. It's hard to make it really <laughs> simple to explain, but hopefully that's... Because you think Pilates exercise, it's m like muscle. How would you recreate that, that bone? Well, because you're... So everywhere in your body where there's a bony bit, so like feel the front of your pelvis, feel that bony sticky out bit, yeah. that's a hook. So all over our body, we've got little hooks, those bony prominences, those sticky out bony bits. They're everywhere and yeah. some of them you can't feel. But all of those bones are where the connective tissue that is the sleeve that your muscles are in attaches to. So imagine a sleeve with a muscle, big chunky belly in it, the sleeve hooks on to all of those places everywhere. So where it hooks on, it pulls. Yeah, okay. I, do you know, I'm just, I'm just hard, thinking back to a, re a really earlier episode, the learning the lingo. Oh yeah, we and need to go another, do another one. something really interesting to me because I was about to ask you, oh, do I need to learn about anatomy then? And then I remembered you saying, no, you need to learn about you. Yes, it's so important. And just the hands-on feeling your own, you know, where are your collarbones and feeling where they are. And, you know, I think knowing you mm. goes deeper than just feeling the bones. Back to what you were saying about future-proofing. How are we going to know if something has changed if we haven't noticed and checked what it's like, what we feel like, what, what we are like in advance? So, for example... It's regular practice. You see it in like um, changing rooms and stuff like that about checking your breasts. Yeah. So we check our breasts. Who's checking their vagina? Are you getting the mirror out? She's no. cringing that I well, said vagina on the, the podcast. But here's the thing. How are you when menopause comes to you? How are you going to know if there's any changes in your pelvic floor or in your vagina if you don't know what it's like now? Well, like, because I'll be living in, in uh, what's the word? Denial. Denial. You're going to have your fingers in your ears saying la la la. <laughs> Basically. That, I think, that was the plan. I think that it's such a, an important thing that we all need to start considering is the responsibility that we have for ourselves mm. every inch of ourselves and just by knowing feeling understanding yourself yep. you start to heal you know a, a quote that I often say is to feel is to heal and if you don't feel yourself not necessarily touching your shoulder but actually being able to feel when your arm is stretching or where we're close together those that feeling is what allows us to heal it allows us to identify what's different what's changed in us and then look for resources to support ourselves so really uh, you know i know we're it's, laughing and stuff but i do think it's that is so true because aware. i think one of the things i've said to you before is am i getting stiffer am i just noticing it yes more and as you're talking and even just saying about these things about you know being stiff and noticing your mm. body I'm circling my shoulders. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I am a bit, yeah, a bit creaky. And people are losing. We're losing that that sense of and feeling of ourselves. So that's called proprioception and interoception. There we go. And and that's really what we can teach people in Pilates is that ability to really feel and sense themselves and and then identify differences and changes. 
Yeah. And what about post-menopause? Is there anything that as women we should be thinking about then? And once again, how can Pilates help a post-menopausal woman? What would be the difference you you perhaps see in someone that's experienced the menopause? Relief. (laughs) (laughs) The women that I know, definitely. And the women that I work, definitely, um, there's a lot of relief. There's also a lot of... um, the, the, certainly I can only comment on the women that I work with but the the, the um compassion for other women mm. and and a um desire to share and support as well and I think that really that there's not a great deal that that changes in terms of what we might do in Pilates because we're just going to carry on doing more of the same yeah more bone density building perhaps more balance related work which comes with older age and um if somebody has a diagnosis of osteoporosis for mm-hmm. example with that sometimes what happens is the the forward head and the shortened gait and then when you walk walk with shorter steps you're more likely to fall than if you work walk with the normal gait so we would be doing a lot of work on balance and lengthening out the the, the gait and obviously always everybody <laughs> no, no okay yeah that makes sense so i'm really want to end this episode with Claire shares the three pearls of wisdom to take away from what we've discussed that we can take on any on board at any age to help with perimenopause and menopause what would you say are the three things that women should be doing perhaps pre-menopause or perimenopause and then afterwards as well first of all talk to other women Mm. right across the board i mean really that covers you know all women at all stages of life talk to other women about what you're experiencing because you're going to be able to help someone else and someone else is going to be able to help you the other thing i would say uh, so number two would definitely be to know yourself yeah absolutely learn your own body yeah so get the mirror out and check just in the same way as you would be checking your breasts. It's it's sensible for all sorts of reasons that, that we should do that. And then making sure that you include balance type movements like we were just saying there with the post menopause, mm. that if you could introduce balance type movements right the way through, then it will just be easy for you mm. so it's a future you know i like a future yeah. so it then helps you when you get to that later stage brilliant that's been so great thank you for for all of those tips and i feel like i'm not as nervous about it i actually feel better no. too yeah. yeah and you can start incorporating mm-hmm. things into our lives now and then when perimenopause and menopause is upon us Mm-hmm. There's plenty of things we can do, some of which we're doing already. Yes. So that's really great. So thank you so much, Claire. Well, we'll be continuing the theme of identity in the next episode, and I'll look forward to sharing more then. And in the meantime, do let us know what you think of this episode. Like, share, do all the things that you know you need to do to help other people find us as well. And we'd really love you to let us know if there's anything you'd like us to cover in future episodes. Thank you so much for listening. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.